Thank you for all the service so far, all the songs and prayers were such a blessing from God. Just seeing your presence in the church is a, certainly a blessing. Iron does sharpen iron, and we pray the Lord will sharpen our hearts today as we gather in Jesus' most precious name. I wanted to begin a new thought or a theme in the next few weeks of this month, and that will center around God's creation, God's creation. Um, we sang about that just then. We're going to read a verse that says that very song we just sung in a few minutes from God. I've entitled the theme, Begin Again, because beginning again is so important in our world today. I suppose it's because we fail so much, but we need to know that we can always begin again. And sometimes I think we try to struggle with our past and struggle with the situations that we cannot have any control over or do anything about, when we need to understand what we need to do is get back to the nothingness, in a sense, of in our lives and selves as the world was when God put it back in order. And so I pray the Lord would bless us. Today I want to talk about the beginning of power the beginning of power, beginning of strength. And we find that when we think about our creator God, we are talking about an infinite, omnipotent being. We probably really can't fathom, I know I can't, the power of God. And what I really want to hone in on is understanding that the glimpse that God gives us of his creativeness, his power in ordering and initiating all things, what does that do with us? What does that have to do with our lives and what the troubles and trials and troubles and struggles we face? What it does is gives us hope. It reminds us of where our help comes from, and it has a lot to do with our heart. For in salvation itself, we are made a new creation in Christ. Would you turn with me to Revelation chapter 4? I'm going to go to the very end of the Bible, and I want to talk about that just a few minutes, and then revert back to the very beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis. Would you please stand for just one verse with me? This is the Word of God, and I pray that we'd give Him all reverence, all adoration, and praise as we come today. Revelations 4 verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Thank you so much. Would you please be seated? While you're being seated, would you please turn to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. This verse is the foundation of all theology. And if you're going to begin again you got to begin with God if you're going to begin right. The reason that our world, I am convinced, is such in a chaotic situation, an upside down, just amazing, we don't know what we're going to see next, is because we have forgotten who God is. When you think about what's happened to this world, it goes right along with Romans chapter 1, verse 25, and some verses there, thereafter, where God, 
through the Apostle Paul, manifests the curse that I believe that we're under today. Because God has given us over to a reprobate mind, I mean as a culture, because we have neglected to worship the Creator as the Creator, and we have focused on the creature. Now you can read that for yourself, but it goes on to some of the dilemma and some of the sinfulness of our situation in life that we see around us, like men with men and women with women in unseemly ways. Now, that is because of a disorder. And, and not only that, but, but in our lives, we have to understand that, that we need to just begin again. We got to start with God. Look at verse 1 of Genesis 1. In the beginning, God. Now, that is a profound statement from God. It doesn't say in the beginning or what was before the beginning, but it's not a matter of us uh, wondering, does, does God exist? His creation exemplifies that, attests that. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And we find that God created it out of nothing. Only God can do that. Only God. And, and we see this beginning of God. And yet God existed before the beginning. I guess this would, would be, this is when time started, maybe. But we know that God is eternal, so there's no time limits to God. And so when we see the beginning, and, and we need to begin again to go back to God and embrace the reality of the creation, that's how we're going to begin again. We've got to understand the priorities of our life is God. If my buttons, if I look at my shirt, and I've done this before, and my buttons are in the wrong place, you ever buttoned your shirt up wrong? Well, you know, you'll never get that right till you start over. You won't fool, you can't fiddle with it and get it right. You got to just start completely over. There's marriages that need to start over, and I'm not talking about divorce. I'm talking about a commitment to beginning with God. There's churches and businesses and life and parents and singleness that we need to see because every day is a new beginning. It's a new beginning because it's a gift of God. And notice what it says in verse 2. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I want us to embrace that kind of like our life. This is total chaos until God does something. See, God is the creator. He is the initiator. And what a, what a blessing it is to understand that as our creator, he can do anything. But we have to believe that. We have to trust God and not man. We have to put our confidence in God the creator because that is where we see in Revelation where the seraphims, and the, and the elders and the 24 elders were praising God 
praising him for his creativity, his power, and said, you, God, get all the glory and the honor and the praise. And what a blessing. You know, I remember years ago while I was doing some work in the mountains of North Georgia, uh, we were looking for work that time, and I, I got a project with the U.S. Forest Service to do an inventory on part of the Chattahoochee National Forest. I've never been in the mountains much. But I remember, I remember going to the mountains as a boy. And I remember the first time I went to the mountains. I remember telling whoever I was riding with, and I don't know where this come from, you just can't look at the mountains and not believe there is a God. You cannot go down to the ocean and look about the vastness of the sea and not believe there is a God. You cannot look at a caterpillar crawling across a leaf and then the next moment see a butterfly come from that same caterpillar and not believe there's a God. I remember though in that mountain summer, I remember by myself walking through those mountains and it was hot and I was thirsty. And I remember getting to the point where I just couldn't hardly go. I, I, you know, I live in the flat woods and I've been through some briars and gallberries and things like that, but you go up a mountain, I mean, that stuff's pretty rough. I remember sitting down one day in July, I think, and I remember just about ready to quit almost. I mean, life can get like that. And I started hearing something in a distance. It kind of was a faint roar, okay? And I said, what is that? I said to myself. And I, I wondered and I looked and, and then uh, I thought about it. I don't know where it came from, but it was a waterfall. It's called Helton Creek Falls. That time we had never found it as my family had visited several times since. But I remember going to that waterfall. And I remember just sitting down there. And I remember the spray of the water, and I remember most of all the power that that water seemed to be gushing out of rock. And I remember understanding I needed to just sit down, and I needed to rest in God, and I needed to know that God was in control, and I needed to know that my rest and my refreshment was within an almighty God. Because not only does God create this world, he sustains this world. And we can rejoice and be comforted in that. And I remember sitting there, I don't know how long it was, but I got up and went on. I found strength in reminiscing. No wonder God says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Have we forgotten our creator in the beginning with God? What we need to do is admit that and go back to God and begin again and trust him as our creator. When you go out tonight, look at the stars. You will see the majesty and you will see the power of a creator God. Jesus said, when you're worrying, you look at that lily, that flower that is blooming. When you're worrying, you look at a bird and know that your father takes care of that bird. What a blessing to know that our God and the earth fills his goodness with his grace. 
what a glory that is and what a blessing that is that we see this and that we rejoice in that. My first point is, is this. And I want to say three things in a few minutes we have together regarding beginning again as we see the beginning of power in God. See, this power doesn't begin in you and me. It does not. It begins in God. And I think sometimes we miss that. I know I have. What we need to understand is when we're weak, then are we strong. God created out of nothing. And he brought it to life. And he had a purpose in it. I don't know why he did it. It shows that he's sovereign. I don't know why God made two-thirds of the earth covered with water. I do not believe it's so we could fish more than we work. I don't. I don't know why even the one-third that he left uncovered. So much of that is uninhabitable. I don't know that. I don't know why God made gnats. I don't. I don't know. But, but God did all that. And then the Bible says it's for his pleasure he made them. I do know that it's all God's. And I do know that you're God's. And I do know that God is working in your life. Because he is not going to create and walk off from it, okay? So my first point, there is hope. There is hope because God is the beginning of power and God proves that in his great and mag mighty creation. And he's still doing it. He's still doing it today. And what a blessing. My first point is hope because God can cause, has caused something to exist that did not exist. Now that is a blessing. That gives us hope. We have hope in our lives because of the power of God. There are things that we cannot do. Lots of them. But there's nothing that God cannot do. There's no situation too hopeless for God. Look at Isaiah chapter 40 will give us a glimpse of our creator, powerful God. In Isaiah chapter 40, I'll share a few verses with you. And it says this in verse 17, maybe verse 16. It says in verse 17, all nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing. And vanity. And then in verse 26, lift up your eyes on high and behold who hath created these things that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them by all names, by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest, O Israel, my, my way is hid from the Lord and my judgment is passed over from God? And look at verse 39. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Now I want you to do something, if you don't mind. Turn with me in Bibles, if you're looking at your Bibles with me. Not far away is the book of Jeremiah. Because here we find a wonderful example of, of hope 
in a hopeless situation that I pray that the Holy Spirit would touch our hearts and give us that feeling that God is able surely to do all things. It's in the 32nd chapter of Jeremiah. And what's happened here, just to give you a context, and we'll read these verses, a few of them anyway, Jeremiah's in prison. He's in prison. And God tells Jeremiah to go buy a piece of land because he's the rightful heir of it. He can purchase it. He's in prison. How's he going to enjoy the land? Jeremiah could have said, well, God, what are you talking about? I'm in this situation. I can't do nothing about it. I'm not going to do it. Why would I do that? That'd be foolish. I'm going to tell you what I know about God and what you know about God is, is understanding that when we see the power of God, the hope that he puts in our hearts, it will make you do some things that doesn't seem sensible to the world. Like Noah building an ark when it's never rained before. Like Moses leading the people when he couldn't talk, he thought. So Jeremiah's in prison and God says, go buy this land. Look at uh, Jeremiah 32 and verse 17 says this. Ah, Lord, God, that's what Jeremiah's saying. Behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Now you would think that Jeremiah might have said that after he got released from prison. But look at, um, look at verse uh, 7. Behold, Hamiel, the son of Shalem, thine uncle, sent, shall come unto thee, saying, Buy thee my field that is in Anathoth. For the right of redemption is thine to buy. So Hamiel, mine uncle's son, came to me in the court of the prison. See, he's in prison. According to the word of the Lord, and sent unto me by my field, I pray thee, that is in Anathroth, that is in the country of Benjamin. For the right of inheritance is thine, and the redemption is thine. Buy it for thyself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. So he buys the field. What Jeremiah is saying in the 17th verse is, God, you are able to do all things. You are able by your great power. See, Jeremiah buys the field and he goes back to prison. And he prays to God. And he reminds himself that God is able to do all things. I want you to know that God, you might be in a prison. You might be locked in with the inhibitions of life and the heartbreaks and struggles that you face. But please know that because of God's omnipotent power, he can cause you to enjoy the very things that you felt like could never be before. That is the kind of God we got to trust. And if that is the time we get distraught and we get down and discouraged, we simply need to begin again. We need to go to God. We need to go to God, the creator, and praise him and remind ourselves how great he is that he can do all things. I'm going to tell you, there is hope. And it's the foundation of our lives to know that God is the creator. 
in the beginning God. Secondly, I want us to see that we get help from God. Help. What God begins, he finishes. We see in Genesis 1, the the catalog of his creation and the order of it. We have noticed in the very second verse of he brings out of nothing and darkness and voidness and chaos order. And we see in Genesis the very beginning. It's called the book of beginnings of God in his work. For we see the creation of his world and, and we see the creation of man, but we also see sin. We see God's law. We see redemption where God took the, the, the skin of an innocent animal and closed Adam and Eve. We see, we see Christ. We see the gospel where God says the seed of a woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. We see it all in Genesis. It lays it all out. We see the doctrine of election and predestination where God calls Abraham out of a pagan nation, out of the earth of the Chaldees, and he says, Abraham, walk before me and be thou perfect. And we see that in Genesis. We see the beginning of God because God is our help. See, the sin of Adam and Eve did not surprise God. For God, he is the beginning again God. From the beginning, God knew all about it. God says in Ephesians 1, 4, that we have, he chose us before the foundations of the world. God, in Christ, God knew every sin we'd commit. God gave us a Savior and how we need to praise him and bless him to know that he's our help. Look at Psalms 121. Here's a beautiful piece of scripture from the psalmist that reminds us of the creator and the hope and the help he gives us where he says in verse 1 of Psalm 121, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Isn't that right? And then notice what he says in verse 2. My help cometh from the Lord who created or made heaven and earth. Now that's the God we're calling on. God is our helper. He can help you. Sometimes we try to help God. I read a story one time that I think fits a lot of my actions and even trying to preach sometimes, but in life in general. And there was a ship out at sea. And this was back in the 1800s. And it had a, a storm come up. And I guess they had the sails and the mast. And this one guy on there, he was just kind of a jittery guy. And he thought everything was going go to go to down, you know. He was worried about it. And he was so frantic, the captain noticed him. And he said, you know what, that guy was going to hit. Man, we're going to sink. And the captain said, I'll tell you what you do. Will you hold this rope and pull on as hard as you can? Don't you let it go now. And so the guy did that. And by and by, the the story said the storm settled and the the ship did not sink. And, And the captain came back on the deck and the guy said, man, I did so much. Am I going to get any notoriety for this? And the captain said, well, listen says, you didn't have anything to do with it. 
said, that rope you was holding, said, it's not even attached to anything. I just wanted you to hold the rope to stay out of the way. And you know, sometimes that's how we need to do in life. God just gives us something to do out to stay out of the way. Because it's amazing to know we do not need, God does not need us. I mean, we don't, God did not create us to help him. We were created for his glory. And you know, I don't know why God, uh, right in the, the prime of Abel's life, uh, caused him to die, allowed him to die, I don't know. And why he let Cain live on, I don't understand that. But I believe that when we see the sovereignty of God, it helps us to know that what seemeth good in thy sight, O Lord, even so, thy will be done. See, that is the help we need to understand that God is with us and will bless us in that way. You know, it's, it's hard to uh, imagine. Sometimes we try to hold on. And we don't make the progress in grace that God has given us the power to do. I haven't done this in, I was just little, but I remember, you remember the monkey bars? You know, when you walk on those monkey bars, you got to let go of one before you can get to the other. And life is a lot of like that. You know, but we want to hold on to everything, but we need to understand every day we look to begin again. When you forgive somebody, in essence, what you're doing is beginning again, both for them and yourself. When we confess our sins, it is a new beginning in life this day. We need to see every day is a new day in God. And even though the darkest time of, of a night is just before daylight, we need to see that joy is coming in the morning because God, the creator God, is who he says he is. You know, I got an email from a friend this morning that I met at Bible conference. Lives in another state. And he, uh, he got noticed something I said about my daughter Ashley, who's been struggling. And he says, uh, he sent me a text this morning. He talked to me the other day on the phone. He says, I want you to know, he doesn't know her. He says, I'm praying for your daughter every day. He sent me a text this morning. He said, I want you to know that I had prayed that Ashley, that God would take the desire for evil or drugs or what it might be out of her heart. Just flat take it out. Now, this guy's been through that. He knows. I never thought about praying like that. He says, but God can take it out because we serve a God that, is, that is, can, can take nothing and make something out of it. We serve a God that can take ashes and make them beautiful. That's a creator God. Not only is Jesus able to turn water into wine, but Jesus is able to turn the wine into water. He can take that desire out. He can give us, and so that's why we pray. There's no greater evidence of a miracle than understanding a person that is genuinely repentant of their sins. No wonder, no wonder the angels, 
The Bible says rejoice in heaven over one sinner that repents. Because that, my friends, is a miracle from the omnipotent power of God as he breaks one of his child's hearts and expresses to them their need and their source of help in Jesus. That's why Jesus has come to me all year weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Rest for your souls. And then briefly, our heart. God can change our heart. You know, as children of God, we have been recreated. God has to do that. We can't save ourselves. But it's a miracle when God does that. 2 Corinthians 5 talks about we are a new creation. We are all things become new. See, we can begin again. I can mess up and I often do, but I can begin again. I might not be able to sleep good tonight. I might roll these messages over my mind and say how much a mess I made of God's word. But I'm going to tell you what, Monday morning, I will begin again. I will get up and I will thank God for giving me one more day to live. And it doesn't matter how much baggage has been around. What I'm going to rejoice in is God is a creator. And God washes every ocean's beach off twice a day. If you don't believe forgiveness is important to God, just look at his creation. Do not get discouraged. It doesn't matter how many peanuts and cotton are made by the farmers this year. They will begin again next year, Lord willing. That is what God has given us. He sends us seasons of the year. But I want you to be reminded that we serve a powerful creator God so that we can rejoice even in our infirmities. Understanding that God can make something different. He can cause something to exist. The right kind of love, the right kind of devotion, the right kind of lifestyle. God is the initiator. And what a blessing that is. You know, because of God's omnipotence, of the changes that he makes, of the order he brings, not only to creation, but much so, more so in our lives, no matter how big of a mess we can get in, because the leaves and the grass can't pray to God for rain. We can, okay? We can talk to God. Reminds me about my daughter, uh, granddaughter, one of them, uh, Emery Grace is three or four. Sometimes they'll come into the house, and she really talks to her younger brother Jackson a lot. And they were out in a little pool the other day, and Emery has all the prayings for everybody, you know. And she gets little Jackson over there, and she says, Jackson, you have to be honest with God. You have to be honest with God, Jackson. Now, I don't know what Jackson had did. I mean, he's about two years old. But she, she wanted to make sure he knew that you had to be honest with God. And that is what, you know, we need to be like little children. We just have to begin again. We have to understand we're just the beginners. 
When you read God's book, don't read this book like you know everything. You read that book like a little baby, like a baby wanting a bedtime story. You read that Bible as a little child. You read it on your knees. You read it appreciating that God initiated this book. It comes from God, holy inspired. In the beginning, and my friends, as a nation, as a world, as a church, we have got to begin again. And we're going to have to get to God. He is the great starting point. And yes, change is possible, but it begins with God. It doesn't begin with you. That's what the world will say. Change begins with God. And we need to pray, oh God, Change me. Make me, Lord, know your will and way. We can do that. And we can have confidence that God is able to do all things. Would you bow with me? Lord, we thank you for the joy of just trying to say a few words about your creation and the power that it took to do it all. I'm going to need you so much in the next few weeks to expand upon this great subject. But Lord, help us as we go home, as we drive home, as we look around at your great works. This is your world, oh God. It's not ours. And we thank you for your sustaining it, for the rain showers that you have recently sent, for the strength that you give us just to see your blue sky that reminds us of your faithfulness. You, Lord, have lots of preachers in the sky. They can't talk about Jesus on the cross, but they can help us know that you are able to do all things. And that cross proves that you love us enough to do it. Thank you, God. Help us to get to the nothingness this world once was to understand that you, God, can make something out of nothing. You've done it before. Would you do it again? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.